You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're taking you into Divisional Playoff Weekend. We already broke down in depth for you here on Locked On Fantasy Football. The two Saturday games between the Bengals and Titans and 49ers and Packers. So big games there in the AFC and AFC. It gets even bigger there on Sunday with the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Buccaneers hosting the Rams, and then in a rematch of the AFC Championship game from last year in a game from Week 5 early in the season where in each win, the team scored 38 points. It's the Chiefs and Bills. The Chiefs, of course, the back-to-back AFC champions here trying to make it three straight. they got to win a couple more games, and the Bills certainly will be hard. So two intense games here. The games on Saturday, the favorites were pretty comfortable there. I did take the Bengals to win that game against the Titans. You can see why there if you watch and listen to the show there on Matchup Wednesday. And I thought the Packers, things are kind of trending toward them here at home. But these lines are very thin here, razor thin going to these matchups. And really, I've had trouble assessing both games here. I think that's how tight they are. It could come down to one or two moments in these games and. That's what playoff football is, right? It's exciting. It comes down to the wire. It's a bit unpredictable. And there are always some unsung heroes there. And unfortunately, some unexpected duds as well. So we'll break that down for you in depth, those two games. Then we'll do something fun. We'll continue our little mini ranking series. And uh, we'll break down the coaches left in the playoffs. A lot of good offensive minds there that we're happy to have in fantasy football. And a lot of guys that are hands-off and let the offense do their own thing. So... Love it uh, that we have a lot of intense offenses here to close out the season here in the final eight. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I also have to tell you this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and Tips all throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs all the way through Super Bowl 56. All right, Rams, Buccaneers. The Bucks are your basic home field advantage favorites in this one. Three points. 48.5 is the over-under. Some offensive concerns on both teams. I don't think the Rams have been totally great on the offensive line up front. They also are limited sometimes when... They can't get other people going with Cooper Cup. Let's start there. Cooper Cup, we know, is going to keep rolling here. He destroyed the Bucks in the first minute. He's destroyed everyone this season. So he's going to keep it up. They're going to have to put the ball in the air a lot more. The Bucks are going to have resistance there offensively, we know. So should be a big game for Cup. Odell Beckham Jr. settling in pretty nicely as a complimentary player. Now, keep in mind, Beckham is doing this as a number two, which is important to know. That he, in Cleveland, he was a force number one here. He's now... Playing off cup, getting a lot of favorable co- coverages, and that's what's happening. And then you also know the running game has been working. They transitioned from Sonny Michelle to Cam Akers in his return last week there against the Cardinals. So 
We know what the Bucks do, however. They stop the run. So not feeling Cam Akers in the running game. So I think that's going to put more onus on Matthew Stafford to drop back and pass and uh, high volume for Cup, high volume for Beckham Jr. But thing that could be a nice twist in this game is a little bit more Van Jefferson, a little bit more Tyler Higby here to play off those guys in the middle of the field. And also with Jefferson, he can stretch the field and uh, make big plays there playing off Cup. So some things to watch there, but... The Bucks secondary is back at full strength here. They have Carlton Davis. Cup is going to be on the inside quite a bit here, so he'll avoid that. But that could just slow down Beckham. That could prompt Jefferson being more involved as a deep threat. He's kind of faded a little bit in this offense when Beckham arrived, but I think he has some value here if they can spread the field a little bit, especially if they are very limited in the running game. So you can't really feel great about Akers there. I know he's back from the Achilles and looking good, but and the Bucks run defense, their calling card, their defense. The pass rush, we'll see. Andrew Whitworth has been very good at left tackle, but these pass rushers are back. They had some time off with other injuries there, but Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, you have Joe Tryon Shanika, you have Anthony Elson. you got a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback here from the edge. So that's going to be the concern for Matthew Stafford. He held the ball on a little too long. It's the 49ers. That cost him a couple weeks ago. So the Bucks are going to be intense. They're going to bring different blitz packages they're going to take some chances, but also make sure they take a cup and contain him a little bit in this game. So get Stafford. If I'm going to go with a quarterback on Sunday, I'm not feeling Stafford among these three. When you have Tom Brady, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes there, it's really hard to say Stafford is the one I want to trust in this matchup. The Bucks defense also playing very well against the pass again. The secondary is pretty solid. The pass rush is good. They've got the linebackers there. That helps in the middle of the field there with uh, tight end coverage but still I think they got to get Higby and Jefferson involved to get the better matchups here knowing that they're going to be one-dimensional I need something a little bit more than Cup and Beckham here to come through offensively but you figure both of those guys are going to dominate targets and it'll be a big part of what they do everything else is a little bit uh, piecemeal but if I had to lean for one player and have an impact I would say it's Jefferson over Higby because Cup can handle the slot issue while Jefferson has some speed there and Higby's just a guy you can't trust in general after he plays well you expect him to disappear that would make sense here in this matchup now you can also look at the Rams defense they match up pretty well against the Bucks, especially if there's some issues there I actually like both defenses the 40 and a half more I think about it I have this game slightly going over 31 23 but I could see it being a little bit more low scoring than that so keep that in mind these defenses match up pretty well against these offenses this week. And again, Rams with Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey. The biggest thing we're going to watch for with the Bucks is can Tristan Wirf, the right tackle, play? Can Ryan Jensen, the center, play? Both of them hurt their ankle. Jensen was able to return and finish the game against the Eagles. Wirf came back briefly, but then they thought the better of it. They had a big lead. They're hopeful that both are going to get enough practice time here to be intact because the offensive line has had some great continuity here for the Bucks. But if you don't have Jensen in there, that's going to help Donald in the middle. We know that. If you don't have Tristan Wirfs, uh, it's just very hard to protect Tom Brady from the front side with uh, Josh Wells. At least they have some of the veterans there on the other side. But still, that would be a big uh, development in the Rams' favor if that would happen here. And uh, the Bucks lose a couple offensive linemen or even one, uh, namely Wirfs, in this game. 
Now, for Tampa, I mean, it's going to be Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans, but Mike Evans could see a lot of Jalen Ramsey in this game. they got to decide if you're the Rams, so you have two key targets here. Who do you take out, Evans or Gronkowski? I think it's a little bit easier knowing where Evans is lining up to handle him with Ramsey, especially with no Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown to worry about. It's Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and some of these other guys. We'll see if Cyril Grayson can come back, but yeah, so a lot of coverage emphasis we know is going to be on Evans and Gronk. It's about other guys stepping up. Here, now Tyler Johnson does work the slot. Remember, we've had some matchup exploited. The Rams uh, have one really good corner in Jail Ramsey, but they can be exploited on the other side, outside. We've seen that with Jawan Jennings just a couple weeks ago. He was a big factor in that 49ers win. So whoever's lining up on the outside, is it going to be Brashad Perryman? Is it going to be Scotty Miller? Maybe a little bit of Johnson working in the middle field. So one of those guys is going to go off in this game just by Brady assessing the matchups. And I think Evans is the guy that's going to see Ramsey most. Gronk might see him a little bit as well. But Gronk just a tougher matchup overall. They can scheme him open, in-line, off-line, and all that. So I think Gronk has a bigger game than Evans. There's no doubt about it. And one of these guys steps up. If I'm going to go with someone, I'm going to say it's Miller because he's a guy that you can get sneakily into coverage, can run all over. I think you might see a little bit Rashad Perriman. We'll see in that spot. So, again, Brady's going to be judicious, and I think another player that you look at is Cameron Brait, the other tight end. So they could continue the use of the two tight end sets. They also have O.J. Howard, where they can give them three tight end wrinkles. So there's things they can do to avoid the strengths of the Rams, and Tom Brady's going to find them. At the same time, if you have Brait Gronk, you get a couple extra blockers should Worfs uh, have to miss the game. So a lot of benefits to that scheme here for the Bucks. So, yeah, feel a little bit more Brait and Miller than uh, Perryman and Johnson and some of these other guys here in Evans. We'll see. I mean, Ramsey and Evans, Ramsey and some top corners tend to give Evans trouble, so that's a good history. Think about Tom Brady's going to be fine, but I think it's more 2-15-2 game. I think they're going to lean on the running game. It just depends who's going to be in it. You have Leonard Fournette. Can he return from the hamstring injury this week? We know uh, Keyshawn Vaughn looked pretty good last week. So did Giovanni Bernard. And the Rams do struggle at times to cover backs of the backfield, so that could be the way they do it here. The Bucks is an extension of the running game, so... Bernard would have another big role should uh, Fournette miss. Otherwise, Fournette would see a key receiving role to help pad his stats in this one. So, again, I'm liking the Bucks to win. They're a really good home team. The Rams have been a pretty good road team as well, but the Bucks only lost that one game to the Saints where they got shut out. I think they remember that well. Brady's not going to let that happen again. Matthew Stafford, hard to trust. Again, two pretty good defenses on the field trying to force mistakes off pressure. And, again, Brady should handle it a little bit more here. If they can uh, contain Donald on the inside, that's going to be key. Jensen and Ali Marpet and the guys they have up front can contain Donald. And he had get Wirfs to seal down the edge with Donovan Smith. You're looking really good here for Brady to feel more comfortable here all game long than Stafford. All right, we will break down the Bills-Chiefs game. That is our best quarterback matchup on the board this weekend for sure between uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So looking forward to breaking that down for you. We told you at to the top that this episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com. Divisional round upsets are something we always watch. And uh, mine, I've told you, it's the Bengals beating the Titans. Uh, that was my challenge set forth by OnlineGambling.com. I always have one there that I like to pick. So that's the one for sure. It's Bengals over Titans. Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks left in the bracket over Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going with that on Saturday. So the first game... Right off the bat, an upset, and we're going to be an upset alert for these two games as well with the Rams, Buccaneers, and 
Bills Chiefs. OnlineGambling.com have picked their own upsets as well, which can be found on the OG Tips article on the website. Go check it out there at OnlineGambling.com. We're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. So go check it out right now. This week, the experts on OnlineGambling.com have uh, set up again that challenge with the divisional round upset here. So all takes are welcome here to uh, break down the game, whatever you like. But again, I told you why Bengals and Joe Burrow is where I'm going this week there for OnlineGambling.com. If you're thinking about backing an underdog in the divisional rounds, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted information to help you make the best decision possible before placing a bet. That includes their OG tips section. So check it out where you can see their own underdog picks as well as inside track on how to beat the odds all the way through the NFL playoffs. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news tips and information to beat the odds and give you the edge there all the way until the playoffs are done in the NFL. Remember onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. Bill's Chiefs is the game that we're going to be breaking down here for you, the last of the divisional round, and this is going to be fun. I can't wait. The spread has dropped to one and a half points. The Chiefs razor thin here again. We talked about these spreads. Chiefs have lost their home field advantage. Don't even get the three points here. Essentially a pick'em game with Buffalo. Buffalo did win in Kansas City week five, as we mentioned, 38-20, but the Chiefs handled them 38-24 easily in the AFC Championship game last year. So a couple 38-point winners in this series for the last two. They split. The Chiefs so want to make it another trip to the AFC Championship game. Let's start with the Bills. Josh Allen's on fire. There's not much the Chiefs can do to slow him down. The his game against the Patriots, what did it resemble? His game against the Chiefs. So he's uh, picking up where he left off there against the Chiefs, uh, feeling it. He's red hot. Josh Allen like a freight train. Stephon Diggs locked in here with a great matchup. Gabriel Davis staying hot as a touchdown scorer. Dawson Knox being a big factor. The Chiefs struggle against a tight end because of uh, their linebacker and safety coverage issues. So starting we've got in the Bills and Devin Singletary running things out. He's just been a force here consistently running the ball well and scoring touchdowns here to complement Allen. So, y'all, the main principal Bills are good. I wouldn't extend Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. I would also avoid the Bills' defense here if you're playing DFS, but I do like the Bills to be able to move the ball, and that's why you have the 54-and-a-half. It's going to be back-and-forth affair, and it's only one-and-a-half, so we know it's going to be pretty tight. High-scoring shootout overall here between these two teams, so... Bills, again, don't go crazy in putting in Bills, but Davis is at good value there. Like, he can get them a limited volume. Diggs is going to see a lot of targets as well as Knox and Singletary. So these guys are like the new triplets for Josh Allen that are going to get it done for him. So, love Buffalo. I think it's going to be pretty good here. I think the question mark for the Chiefs is can they slow down the run. So I think Singletary and Knox are going to have some uh, big roles here. Chiefs have actually been playing better against the pass of late. They have Chris Jones. And Frank Clark, pretty good inside-outside combination to, to contain things in the downfield passing game. So that's why I think you'll see Knox and Diggs get open underneath quite a bit. And a few checkdowns here to Singletary versus uh, Josh Allen. Just forcing it downfield. He'll also take off and run, and that's going to pad his stats once again here in this divisional round. Now for the Chiefs, you got Patrick Mahomes. He had uh, 400 yards passing. Both of these guys had five touchdowns in the 
wild card round. So something may not need to give here. I think it could be back and forth. So Allen, I could see four touchdowns in the books overall with his legs and three through the air. I see Mahomes putting up another three to four here in this game. So it's going to go back and forth. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Chiefs are a little bit better their third down situation, so they might move the ball a little bit better. The red zone is something to watch as well. That's going to be key points there, so you don't have to bring on Harrison Butker or Tyler Bass in this game. So the Chiefs, again, they got Patrick Mahomes going. You got uh, Travis Kelsey locked in. The Bills have been pretty good against tight end where Matt Milano plays, and which he's doing here, but Kelsey can get going here after a nice uh, warm-up there. In the wild card round, and Tyreek Hill got going as well. Now, a big difference from the Bills' first matchup against the Chiefs, they had Tredavious White, who was very good in coverage, forced to fumble in that game. He's not there. Still pretty good corners there, and uh, Teron Johnson has been pretty much working the slot, and Levi Wallace, but I don't think anyone can slow down Tyreek Hill the same way in this game without White. So I think Hill has a big game, building off what he did last week. There, uh, If you're going to look at another receiver, I wouldn't go too deep, but uh, Byron Pringle would be the person behind Hill and Kelsey that you examine here. For the Chiefs in their passing game, he's been the most consistent and more, most impactful here. Now, the backfield is interesting. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is practicing at full here with a shoulder injury. Darrell Williams looks like he may miss another game or not be available here. So, they got to decide. Jarek McKinnon was so dynamic against the Steelers last week. He just got it done. He was just uh, all over the field, catching passes, making big plays. And... He was a guy that they can't totally ignore. It's funny because Edwards Lair was kind of drafted for that. We talked about it, that he was a very good pass catcher at LSU. But McKinnon maybe gave him that spark that Andy Reid was looking for overall. He had a little juice to his running, probably because he's been rested all year and hasn't really played at all. So McKinnon will have to see. They'll probably take the hot end approach, play, care, play carefully with Edward Lair, but Edward Lair might be the more complimentary like power back this week, so they don't force him in there with a the shoulder if uh, Williams missed time, and that looks like the case. So I wouldn't imagine Andy Reid and Eric Bianami are going to suddenly go away from McKinnon when he was that effective and can be a matchup nightmare creator with his uh, quickness and speed. The Bills can be vulnerable against the run, against those type of backs, and uh, maybe have some home run ability as well, which can give Buffalo problems there. So. I'd say McKinnon has a good chance to get most of the touches here, especially Williams not practicing. Derek Gore, only going to be a handful of touches there, but I would be shocked if Edwards Hilaire just got a full load returning here in this game. And the Chiefs defense, bad matchups in a lot of places there for them. They're going to have to win up front in this game here. So the Chiefs do have the edge on the offensive line, I think, overall, especially interior with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. The Bills struggle a little bit up there, so it could be... Who can uh, get in favorable third down situations, finish in the red zone that's tied to running well in this one. So it's going to be a lot of fun going back and forth, and I want to get as many shares of this game as I want from the offensive side here between Allen and Mahomes. I do like the Chiefs winning just by a field goal here, just barely 30-27. to 27. It's going to be last possession wins type of game, I think, with these two elite quarterbacks on the board. And the arrowhead advantage uh, tilts it a little bit to the Chiefs, as we see with the number if this was in Buffalo, I'd feel pretty much all in on the Bills in this one. But Chiefs, I'm a little worried for them, but the number's so small, you got to take them here uh, on this side at one and a half. All right, we will uh, finish our show looking at the coaches and how we rank them here from a reality and fantasy football perspective here for you. The last eight coaches standing in the 
and if a plus, people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and you're renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in cryptocurrency and sure aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can be an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation, can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup or you're working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. All right, time to close the show. We'll uh, count it down here. The coaches will go from number eight to number one. These are the most accomplished, most trusted coaches left here in the playoffs. Number eight has to be Zach Taylor, and he's done a great job with the Bengals. He might be your coach of the year here, so that shows you something, how stacked this field is. Hey, a great coach will take you along in the playoffs, especially of experience. But uh, good breakthrough here for Zach Taylor, and we'll see if he can build on that. And again, we picked the Bengals over the Titans, so we believe that this week. Sean McDermott has been excellent for the Bills. He's made them a consistent playoff team. Their defense is really tough. Their offense, he's hands-off here with Brian Dable. We'll see if he loses Brian Dable here. As a head coach to some other team, that could be a blow. But McDermott, in the strong field, comes in at number seven. Bruce Arians won the Super Bowl. This kind of tells you, again, how strong this field is. But he comes in at number six among the active coaches still in the playoffs here. Arians towards ACL. He got fined with a handshake incident there. All this stuff has been going on with Arians, but he's still coaching, trying to avoid his own distractions. He's got the GOAT, Tom Brady. He's got a Super Bowl ring. One of the older coaches in this league, but still bringing it here with his offensive acumen. One day you figure he's going to just hand the team off here to Byron Leftwich if Leftwich doesn't get a job elsewhere. But two great coordinators there, Leftwich, the good uh, connection he's had as the protege for Arians. And then the other side, uh, Arians is a good uh, team up there with Todd Bowles in the defense. So part of it is having coordinators, and these guys have them for sure. You have uh, McDermott with Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable looking for jobs, and Arians here, Leftwich and Bowl should get a little bit more consideration as we go forward. We go to the Rams next. Sean McVay comes in fourth. Yeah, Sean McVay, we see him as a genius, but he's still got to put up a Super Bowl here to really feel comfortable about it. But I think he's been more out-coached in the regular season by some other similar-type offensive-minded coaches there. So that's something I think about. But McVay is pretty solid here, so... Given they're the four seed and they're playing a two seed this week, McVeigh is going to give that Rams team an opportunity. I think they're doing as much as they can just by being here. I know they're a very talented team. They've got a lot of good uh, marquee players and very good schemes here. But Sean McVeigh, good to bump up here. And I think it was a nice little adjustment there with the defense. Raheem Morris, uh, they've uh, really played well on that side of the ball for the Rams uh, with the personnel losses, that was a concern, but through Donald and Ramsey and Miller, they've gotten it done there with Morris. Number three, Kyle Shanahan beat Sean McVay twice. That's why his team is in the playoffs. They've owned the Rams of late as the 49ers have been healthy. So Shanahan has been to the Super Bowl. I think he did a great job to rally this 49ers team, really from a dark place there with injuries and question marks. And they all of a sudden just... Dominated the second half, got in the playoffs here, 
get the playoff win. They pull off the upset there as a lower seed, as a number six against the Cowboys. So Kyle Shanahan looking really good. The only thing missing is that Super Bowl ring there. And we know his father, Mike Shanahan, went a couple with the Broncos. So good coaching tree when you have your dad who's really good. And a lot of the schemes and things he does well is in play. Then we have Matt LaFleur. This guy has pulled off now three consecutive 13-win seasons. The only thing missing is a Super Bowl appearance and NFC Championship. I think this comes here this time. So LaFleur, I think he's doing a great coaching job. They've made a good change there, getting Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator. LaFleur keeping up the strong coaching. I think you have uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's also been a big part of what the Packers do offensively. So really... Good to see LaFleur and uh, this guy is a rising on coach. I mean, the only thing again, McVay and Shannon both have NFC championships. That's the only thing missing for LaFleur. And keep in mind, he's not been at it for as long. So he's had a lot of success early tied to Aaron Rodgers. And maybe he's the key to keeping Aaron Rodgers here in Green Bay and helping him finish his career there. And then number one on the list is Andy Reid. You have to say it's Andy Reid because, again, Chiefs, uh, a Super Bowl victory. He's got a lot of other wins, regular season domination. The Chiefs are the powerhouse in the AFC West. He's been to two other Super Bowls, one with the Eagles, one with the Chiefs. We know last year is the runners-up to the Buccaneers. So Andy Reid is a man. He's one of the older coaches here in the league. We've talked about Arians as well. But uh, you look at uh, the list here. I mean, you have uh, Mike Vrabel coming in between McVay and Arians. So that shows you how intense it is here that Vrabel is a pretty good coach, and he's overachieving the Titans, but he's down there at number five between McVay, who took his team to the Super Bowl, and Aarons, who won a Super Bowl, and then Reed all the way up here. Reed is the man, and I think he'll do this for a little while longer, but I think he's getting close to retirement, and he's a no-brainer. Hall of Famer for all the great work he's done. Offensive mind, overall organized coach, and a very good motivator. So here we go, back from eight to number one, Zach Taylor of the Bengals. Sean McDermott of the Bills, Bruce Arians of the Buccaneers, Mike Vrabel comes in at number five with the Titans, Sean McVay at number four, Kyle Shannon at three, Matt LaFleur at number two, and Andy Reid at number one. So that should point to say I want a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. I think that would probably play out in the right way we're looking for, but there's some party crashers for sure, including the 49ers and Rams and Titans there can ruin this here for what's going on in the divisional round. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Starling. It's free and available just like this show on all platforms. Don't forget, we'll have a show on Friday. We took Monday off, but we're going to close this week strong looking at DFS for both the Saturday and Sunday slates. So we'll do that specifically, whether you're going two games, single game, how to navigate through that as we close things and the injury updates you need to know going into the weekend if there's something else you figure out for fantasy football but for this episode of locked on fantasy football this matchup thursday breaking down the sunday divisional playoff games this has been Vinny Iyer have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow